Hello, and welcome to the Great Birth Rebellion podcast, where we grapple with current research to help you get the best out of your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum journey, while still challenging the dominant birth culture. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Jackson at Melanie the Midwife, and I'm joined weekly by my co-host, B from Core and Flora Store, and this is The Great Birth Rebellion. Welcome everybody to episode 16 of The Great Birth Rebellion and B is still not with me today because she is still off doing superstar things. I'm pretty sure she's in Melbourne at the moment. They're over gastro, but now she's just been a superstar somewhere else. And But that's okay because I've invited my good friend, Lucretia, to join me today on the Great Birth Rebellion episode because we bang on a lot about doulas and Lou is one of the most experienced doulas in the Blue Mountains. So I've invited Lou because we keep going on about doulas, but she knows more about it than I do. And so we're going to have a chat. Beautiful. Welcome. Welcome. Hi, Mel. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't B couldn't be here. I know you love her. I do love B. The, the crush is real. So mm. I'm going to introduce you, Lou, as I always do to all my guests. I feel like I know what I'm talking about, but you can fill in the gaps, you know. Sure. Sure. So, Lucretia, Blue Mountains based still, which yes. is not too far from me. Lou, how long did you work as a doula for? Because now you don't work as a doula, but. That's right. So, I worked as a doula for 12 years and supported over 250 women and their families to have their babies. Amazing. So, doula for 12 years. Yep. Lou's got two babies two kids they're not babies anymore they're yeah. grown-ups but they were both born at home correct correct and a lot of your experience was in was working with women who had home births yeah that's right did you do much hospital-based stuff oh uh, as once I was like really working as a doula the majority of births I was doing was actually supporting women in the hospital setting a lot in the birth center though as well but yeah I was really lucky to be invited into the space of lots of homes for home births as well and now you're not working as a doula anymore because you trained now as a midwife so you're a registered midwife and working in an MGP program so midwifery continuity program and maybe the aim at some point in your career will be to get into home birth because absolutely it's probably where I feel safest doing this work so yeah that that is the intention but in the meantime I'm loving working in a very supportive group practice amazing is there anything that I missed I'm sure it will unfold as the as the chat goes on gorgeous all right so our specific aim today is to talk about doulas and I've got a whole list of questions which I'm sure you could just answer off the top of your head great all right let's do this all right but first basic what is a doula Okay, so I guess when someone walked up to me in the street and said, what did I do? And I said that I was a doula and then they were like, what? I would always sort of say, you know, that we um, support women physically and emotionally in the antenatal birth and postnatal period of having their babies. Um, But I think what I realised after doing this work for quite a while is that it's so much more than just that basic sort of outline of what we're doing. So a lot of the doulas are doing really good education in the antenatal period, which for a lot of the women we know and who are birthing in the system don't get that opportunity to have that really sort of solid base of antenatal education because it's a short. So the doulas and me as a doula, like we're filling the gaps. So making sure that they were getting all of the information so that they could make really informed decisions for themselves. So giving education, but in a different kind of way, because because doulas aren't healthcare professionals, right? Correct. 
Correct. But we've got just such a big, I feel like, access to like so much information that's available to women. Sometimes for them it's hard to work out where to get that information from. So we become that person to sort of help them to access that information. And then as far as helping with birth plans and finding out what their birth intentions are and then obviously supporting them um, in the home and early labour and then going into the hospital or if they're staying at home, staying with them there and then providing postnatal care. So I always tried to provide postnatal care on different days to when the midwives were there so that they had that sort of constant support. And how would you become a doula if somebody's thinking that's what they want to do? So there's a lot of different courses around. For me personally, I trained through the Australian Doula College, which was amazing. And then, sorry, love. I was just saying, sorry, I've interrupted you. You, you also teach at the Australian Doula College. Right? I'm not I'm not teaching anymore. I've recently stopped just due to the workload, but I was teaching um, the doulas through the college as well and yes. absolutely loved it. Soul food. But there are other courses available. There's online. Some of the courses are from overseas. I really recommend if you can trying to do face-to-face or having some connection with the other doulas because the training is so much more than just, you know, learning about the stages of labor and ways to support a woman it it really sort of digs deep into your own personal stuff as well so it's like the layers peel off Mm -hmm. and you really look at your own judgments ego putting things aside realizing that you could be supporting women who are making really different choices to what you would and that that's okay everyone deserves that support so yeah I highly recommend doing it face to face if you can or being in a group where you've still got connection with other doulas if you wanted to be a doula and didn't do any of that training, you can still be a doula, right? Oh, totally. Before I was a doula, I had been at 11 births, so 13 including my own. And I learned so much from those experiences. So any anyone can be a doula. You just need to be able to be in the space and hold the space for the woman, really. Correct. So it's not like you have to get a qualification in order to start working as a doula. You could no. start calling yourself a doula and go right ahead and do the work. Absolutely. I don't think I showed my certificate to anybody, actually. The main learning comes from the women. So once you're in the birth space, that's where the, that's where the learning really comes from. And why... Why do women hire doulas? So I feel like there's sort of two main scenarios of why women would hire doulas. So first-time mums who are really motivated, most often wanting to have a birth without intervention, but not always. Or they've had a friend who's had a doula and said, you know, that extra support was amazing and that the midwives are often, you know, busy um, doing other things during the birth. So I feel like that was sort of one group of women really motivated first-time mums um, who were looking at that as an option. And then the other group was second-time mums who wanted something different. So they were there was potentially birth trauma from their first birth or they felt unsupported during the experience or they had an amazing midwife that they really connected with and they went off shift. And then they had another midwife who they didn't connect with as well and they don't want to feel that again. They wanted that continuity. So I feel like they were the main two groups of women that we would see and then there was the return clients which was beautiful and I've also seen women hire doulas for other things completely like they've got kids in the birth space for example and want their partner to be with them during labor but they need another person to support them or where their partners haven't been as supportive as they'd hoped and aim to fill that gap with a doula 
Absolutely. Yep. And often in a home birth setting, part of the role could be to sort of help with the children as well. So I think if you're going in as a doula to look after the children, you need to really understand that you may not be in the birth space when the woman's actually having the baby. So it's sort of like a quite a clear line about what your role is. And then, so sometimes we've got husbands that are a bit scared or they, you know, don't really know what they're doing in the birth space. So having the doula there to say, okay, we can do this now, we can do that, then the husbands will find their groove, which can make the women feel more comfortable. But also I think they would potentially have a doula there. He can sort of opt out and sit on the side a little bit because I don't need him in this space. <laughs> it's okay. Here's my. This is my question now for you to speak directly to doulas. Okay. Okay, so what is your advice to doulas about how to be a good doula? Ah, the good doula. (laughs) I think, look, there is an element, and I've heard you guys say it on the podcast previously about playing the game. So, you know, obviously um, our role is to support the woman in her choices, but I think there's a really fine line about how we advocate for women in the space. So I feel like it does come back to the woman. So I, as a personally as a doula, and what I would teach the doulas would be to actually not go in and say, no, she doesn't want an episiotomy. No, she doesn't want that. It's actually up to the woman and the partner to speak up and for you to like create enough space for them to be able to do that. So I really tried to avoid going in and being against the system. There's some amazing midwives working in there who are really challenged by some of the things that they're seeing. So if we can go in and work beside them and work with them, then it makes a massive difference. So for me personally, I could work a walk into the birth center um, where I supported a lot of women and the midwives and I already had a relationship. So we were working together. So it's really important to not go in with your guard up and feeling like everyone else is against you or the woman's choices. So that's a, that was a big thing for me, I think, of how I worked. Mm-hmm. You're definitely going to work with midwives that, you know, you can learn from and feel like your philosophies really align. And then there'll be other midwives that you don't have that feeling. So it's about really trying to create a safe space for that woman because any sort of conflict in the birth space is not conducive to the woman like laboring and birthing well. So there's times when you have to just bite your tongue and support the woman and have the conversations when no one else is in the room about what her choices are, reminding her that she can wait and using the BRAIN acronym and saying you can ask the midwife about the risks and benefits of what she's offered you and just give those gentle reminders but that it's not actually coming from you in that space would be my biggest lesson for doulas, I think. Less so. Don't go in as if there's this big battle to be had. Totally. Guns blazing. Totally, yeah. And the, and that the woman and her partner, it's their, it's their opportunity to actually stand up as well and say, these are the things that are really important to me. You know, I've put a support network around me, but but I can stand up for what I want here, actually. And it's up to me. The choices are mine. The choices aren't my doulas. Because I've definitely mm. experienced of midwives yep. telling me about doulas and their experience with them and just the aggression and everyone ends up crying and the woman's left with this support team that's fighting. Yeah. And it doesn't benefit her in any way because nobody's getting along and there's tension. Yeah, it just that just never works. So look, I my personal opinion, and I 
say it proudly, is that any midwife who has an issue working with doulas probably needs to look at their own practice because the, the woman has invited this person into their space and whether you agree with the doula's philosophy or not is kind of irrelevant as well. So I can say that now that I'm working as a midwife. I probably, I would have been a bit cheeky saying that as a doula, but I feel very confident in saying it as a midwife. And I know for me now, I've had lots of opportunities since working as a midwife to work with doulas and I absolutely love it, yes. you know, and I, and I can't do what I was doing as a doula. I can't do that anymore. And I don't think anyone who's working as a midwife in the system can say that they can provide what the doula can provide. So that's why it's great to have the balance mm. of having a midwife and a doula who are working really closely to support the woman well. And I think what you're saying, you're showing that you can put down your own pride and ego and intentions of what you want to do for the woman. And yep. see actually that if the woman's needs are met, then that's the most important thing rather than you sort of saying, oh, I wanted to do that for the woman, but now the doula is doing that for the woman and having some kind of beef about that. Exactly. There's really good, there's great research about this actually, Lou. So I'm glad you brought it up because, and it's Australian research. They actually sat midwives and doulas down to talk about how they interact and what the issues are between what they all believe about each other yep what did come out was that midwives felt like doulas were taking their role of caring for the woman and they there was a little bit of contention about oh well but I I'm supposed to be supporting the woman and then the doulas are turning turning around and going well yeah you are but you actually can't support the woman with what exactly with what she needs because the system doesn't allow you to do that in a full capacity. And so midwives are frustrated that they're working in a system that doesn't allow them to work fully as midwives. And so, and women are recognizing that and hiring doulas to fill the gaps that the midwives can't possibly fill. And midwives are pissed off about that, rightly so in a way, because they're angry at the system. But what we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be angry at the doulas for filling the gap. Absolutely. And and there is a gap that needs to be filled. And even even now when I have my own caseload and I have a relationship with the women, which is strong and safe and respectful and I support the women in all of her choices, there's a gap. There's mm -hmm. a gap. I can't be in the room the majority of the time because that's how I choose to work. But there are times when I have to leave the room to document or to do, you know, other things. I didn't understand that. <laughs> talking to you oh my god how can I turn this off it keeps going <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now we're talking about the role of doulas and filling gaps oh yeah filling the gaps you know you are out of the room sometimes you do have to potentially like you're leaving to to write um, notes like that's part of what we need to do you may need to have a conversation outside of the room and it's nice to be able to leave that space now actually and know that the woman is still being supported really well I know that I can leave the room when a doula's there and know that that's still being um, given to that woman. So it's win-win, really. Doulas coming in shouldn't feel like a threat to the midwife. We should be able to just work together and know that the roles are completely different and that we can always, as midwives, still provide that nurture and care that we do as doulas as well. Look, I think that the main issue that, that comes up is, is when women appear to trust their doula more than they trust the midwife. You know, that can affect how midwives are feeling maybe so you know I definitely had situations where the woman would look at me after they were given information from a midwife or a doctor and say what do you think Lou what do you think I should do and I would 
always say the decision is yours at this point. And then the same thing. I may wait until those staff leave the room and then have a conversation with the woman and say, you can ask about why they want to do that at this time. If you need more information before you make a decision, it's okay to ask the question. But that's not necessarily a conversation I would have with everybody in the room. No. Yeah, because that doesn't roll. Well, no, and there's a big issue in maternity care because typically midwives and maternity staff want women to do what's expected of them in the hospital and doulas are helping women do often the opposite of what's expected of them in hospital so they can be seen as the enemy. Correct, which is why it's really, really important to go in soft and kind. You know, can you help the midwife? Are there things that you can do to actually make her job a little bit easier? Just all those little things of like, I would just like clean up the room a little bit or put new blueies on the bed, you know, when she went to the loo so that the midwife was could just do what she needed to do as well. So really just trying to work as a team because the whole point of it is that the woman gets a better experience for having both a doula and a midwife in her space. Yes. So how would a woman, because everybody would choose a doula for a different reason, how can a woman select the right doula for them? Because there's, I mean, just like women can accidentally select the wrong midwife for them. How, what would they need to do to find the right doula for what they want? I used to say to women, if they contacted me, that it was really good to reach out to two or three doulas and to have a conversation maybe over the phone and just see who they felt like they connected with. We did, we used to have um, sort of find a doula, but I feel like, you know, some of those sites aren't that active now. You can definitely go through the Australian Doula College and call, ask, say sort of what your situation is, and they have a list of doulas that they can give to the women. And then obviously we know that Instagram and Facebook is a great way for people to put a call out now and say, you know, are there any local doulas in the area? You know, the doulas that are really sort of doing the work, I feel like they're the names that keep coming up as well. So yeah social media but definitely the word of mouth I feel the same with midwives and doulas is that yeah when women have a good experience they tell their friends but totally if they have a bad experience they tell their friends totally <laughs> I do feel like the birth workers who aren't putting in the work and have a lot of ego and all that kind of stuff they do end up just not continuing in the work because agreed you know, for any birth workers out there, reputations do precede you. That's exactly right. <laughs> so I think that, you know, the ones who last are the ones who keep getting hired because they're good. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. I think that would be my other recommendation is, you know, if they've been around for a while, you're probably on to a good thing. Indeed. I have been doing some reading about doulas because there's actually, if I, when I search for academic papers about doulas, what interesting, because I was looking for specific things like if doula support would reduce interventions and Long story short, yes, having a doula will usually reduce things like cesarean sections and epidurals and some of the major interventions, so much so that some countries, particularly in America, they've started doing cost effectiveness analysis and they've had a look at, because interventions are expensive, they've had a look at putting their money into hiring doulas to help support women in hospital in order to reduce the cost of interventions in the hospital. And Mm -hmm. they've found massive financial savings to actually hiring doulas in a public system to care for women because it saves them. One study said it saves them five to $900 per woman if they 
if they allocated a doula to care for that woman because of the cost they saved in interventions. Fascinating. So fascinating. So there's already, there's a basic acknowledgement that doula care reduces intervention rates. And I mean, it's a no brainer, but obviously satisfaction rate. And we know that if you give women one-on-one continuous care by somebody, somebody supportive, a doula, a partner, a midwife, that their outcomes are going to be better, particularly preterm birth and cesarean section rates. So that's kind of acknowledged in the research, but then now what they're doing next is, is working out if it's going to be cheaper for the healthcare system to just give everybody a doula because it saves them so much money and interventions and medical costs wow i know it's so murky though isn't it like what a what an amazing service to be providing and obviously it's nice to see that we're understanding that continuity of care is going to low lower all of those interventions and the costs to the system and you know obviously the satisfaction of women is at the you know key point of all of that but I just wonder in that setting how bound the doulas would be by the information that they were sharing Mm-hmm. You know, is it like, oh, you can say this, but we can't, you can't actually provide the information on that. Like, it would be interesting to know what the lines are around that. I reckon pretty quickly the doulas who, who kick up a fuss about things would go missing. No longer be employed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that's the issue. Yeah. Are we yeah. creating another systematic layer designed to coerce women into doing things that the system wants them to do by absolutely supportive care provider but who actually has an allegiance with the hospital and I think there is a level of importance of keeping doula work and to a degree midwifery work private privatized because you can almost add a layer of guarantee that the doula is working for the woman rather than for the health service that's employed her. Absolutely. How that leads me to my next question. How much should a woman expect to pay when they hire a doula? So you can hire a doula from uh, like a student doula. So they are still either doing in the middle of their training. So at the doula college, it was um, sort of halfway through the training that they could then work as a student doula. And then those doulas are sort of like around that $500 mark, but they have got the support and mentorship of the college. So that's a massive benefit because the doula can actually make a call at 2am and speak to an experienced doula or educator. And then obviously up to the more experienced doulas, which could be around the two and a half thousand dollar mark and every doula works differently so some of the doulas have other modalities so they may have other packages that they offer postnatal packages whether including food or um, yoga or massage or things like that that they add into their packages so every doula does work differently so the yes the price can vary from probably around four to five hundred dollars up to about two and a half thousand dollars and there's usually an antenatal pregnancy component where you would meet the doula and do some planning and work out what the woman needs for birth yeah and then birth care and then postnatal and then an element of postnatal support yeah, that's right. So the in the antenatal period, it was really interesting for me because, you know, working as a doula, I would, you know, go into their homes and, you know, you're invited into their space. So it's quite relaxed and you're really talking about what they would want in their birth experience, you know, writing down their intentions for how they want their birth to go. And I do believe you know, there's this whole thing, oh, don't write a birth plan because nothing ever goes to plan. Well, that's not always true, firstly. And secondly, I think it creates just an element of understanding. So if you've got midwives coming into the room who you don't know when you don't have a relationship with it gives them an understanding of the work that you've done in that period to you know really show that you've made making informed 
um, decisions and choices and it creates empathy. The idea would be that a midwife could come in and go, oh, this woman has worked really hard and she's really motivated to have this, that or the other and that we, by handing over a birth plan, can show that. And it also can stop some of the questions. So even if it's little things like I would like photos or, you know, I want to understand the risks and benefits of everything that's offered to me, like the midwife can just follow that easily then. So we would do a lot on the birth plan. It would sort of, it ended up being that that was sort of the key thing in the antenatal period really. And then obviously you're on call for the birth. And then most of the time we would go to women at home which was, it's lovely. I feel like you'd get a call from the mom saying labor was starting and then you'd get another call from the mom and you'd be trying to, you know, encourage you to rest and do all the things. And then you'd get a call from the dad, like, Lou, it's on, like it's serious, everything's happening. And then I'd ask to speak to the woman again and then, you know, from there make a decision on going to them at home. And you could see sometimes that the partners would be quite a bit frazzled and like, oh, and then, you know, you walk in and you go, oh, this is great. This is labor. It's okay. We can, we can do this. And then everyone relaxes into that space. And then still them making the decision on when to go to hospital. You know, when do they feel like it's safe for them to go in? And sometimes that would be really soon after you got there. And sometimes you could be at home for quite a while with them feeling like that was the right place for them to labor. Yeah. And then obviously there for the birth and then usually about two or three hours after the birth I felt like once you know the parents are tucked up in bed with babe then I would sort of tuck them into bed and then leave them to it do you feel like well the role when you when you are a doula in hospital is very very different to what you would do in a home birth like yeah should I also hire a doula if I've had if I'm having a home birth yeah you know I talked to them about well yeah I mean if you're going to hospital the doula's got a different role than if you're having a home birth because there's less, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like there's less of an advocacy role at Correct. home where the woman's feeling a lot safer with her healthcare providers and knowing there's not going to be a battle and an argument about if we can do delayed cord clamping or if we can do this or that. How, what do you see as different when you would go into hospitals versus when you would go to homes? For a home yeah, I, can, I completely agree, Mel. And I do think, you know, that's the it's the gold. We know it's the gold-class care. So it's really the relationship that's formed between a home birth midwife and the woman or person that she's caring for is really, it's so solid um, well, that's what we're all hoping for by the time the woman's having the baby. So I think going in, in as a doula, obviously you can potentially go in before the home birth midwife and do that early labour stuff. But really, it's that really working as a team with the home birth midwife. So I always found that I would just try and make that the role for the home birth midwife easier as well. So what can I do um, in this space so that the, the midwife can also be really present for the woman? You know, and I think my favourite part of home birth I think will always be the cup of tea afterwards when everyone's sitting around and babes on mum and everyone's sitting around. So, you know, doula duties, tea for everybody. Oh, yes. I'm so glad you said that because <laughs> I feel like when there's a doula at the birth, I don't know, I subconsciously assume they're there for me too. You know, well, they like kind of are. Well, they're kind of doulaing the entire birth space. Absolutely. And I love that. Like, and I've assumed that sometimes, but I've gotten funny looks sometimes. Like, I've, you know, I'm holding a torch, but then I need to use both my hands and I've passed the torch to the doula. And, uh, you know, sometimes doulas look at me and go, oh, oh, what, what, what? I'm going to, and others are like, yep, 
got it, know what's going on here, can do that. I feel like as a home birth midwife, I'd like a doula. (laughs) It's partially what the second midwife sometimes does for the primary midwife as well. But I love working with doulas at a home birth because I think you're right in the early labor period where you don't really need the clinical care of a midwife. Absolutely. And like you guys are so busy. It's also that thing of if it means that you get an extra three or four hours sleep so that you can be really completely with it and available for the birth and, you know, for the later part of the labor, then it's benefits all around really. And I do talk to him about that. I'm like, I, as much as it would be amazing for me to be able to provide you with all the support you need during your labor and early labor, what you're probably mostly interested in me providing for you is to be sharp to provide emergency or clinical care if it's needed yeah so if I've been there for 14 hours giving massages when it comes to the birth and there's an issue if there's an issue I'm not in my best state to provide that so how amazing if there could be another person whose role it is to provide that yeah and for midwives to acknowledge for home birth midwives to acknowledge that we have our own limitations that that could still be filled and fulfilled by doulas and that all the women's needs are met absolutely and it's that same thing Mel in the postnatal period like I would always try and go and see the woman on a different day to when the home birth midwife was going so that that woman is then getting that like amazing continuity in those first you know couple of weeks after having the baby and now i want to ask you something you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to but the ongoing trend now i'm noticing and questions and i probably get asked this once a fortnight by midwives saying can i work as a doula if i'm a midwife Ah. so this came up a little bit during covid when midwives were leaving the hospital and but still wanted to work in birth And midwives who've deregistered themselves and now working as doulas, I've got my own feelings about it and and understandings about it. But if you feel okay about it, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on working as a doula now that you're also a midwife. It's a murky line. Like for me personally, I stopped doulaing about a year and a half into my degree. Uh, One for me, I felt like when I started doing midwifery and was realizing that I wasn't going to doula anymore, I sort of grieved not being a doula a lot. At the start, I thought I am providing more as a doula than what I can give to women as a midwife. Because when I was a student and I, you know, was still learning, I was like, I can't, I can't do anything. I can't give these women the information that they need. Um, So there was a bit of a, it was a sort of a line in the sand for me about halfway through the degree to go, I actually need to stop doing this now. So I had this woman and I was just like a backup doula for for a friend of mine and then ended up being at her birth and she was at home and she said to me, Lou, can you do a vaginal examination? But I said to her, like, no, that I couldn't do that. And I think it became really clear at that moment of this is the fine line here of the dance. But would I work as a, could I work as a doula and a midwife together? I don't think so. I don't I think, think so. Really completely different roles. And I think what you've highlighted is that doulas are not clinicians. They're yeah. not supposed to do diagnostic things or clinical things. They're there for absolute for support but not for clinical decision making or resuscitating babies or deciding when things aren't going well or anything like that absolutely and I remember saying to my best mate who's a midwife as well 
when will that happen? When will that switchover happen where I go from doula to midwife? And she just kept reminding me that it would happen. And <laughs> then it does. And it, I never sort of thought how that change would be. But there's a there's a really big difference, actually, that I wasn't necessarily expecting. So generally speaking, I would say no. You couldn't. No. You can't switch between roles, right? Yeah. I'm in the same boat because the responsibility is different too. Because if you go in as a doula, but the woman knows that you're a midwife and you have certain skills, then you're actually also legally obliged to provide them. Like if you were hired as a doula at a home birth or, and this is an even more blurry line, at a free birth. Yes. And then the baby was born and needed some kind of assistance. You're there as the doula. You're not technically supposed to or responsible for giving clinical assistance, but as a midwife, you've got the skills and the understanding and then also the responsibility. Because if you see someone giving birth in the street, hypothetically, and yes. you're a wife, you've got a legal responsibility to help that person. Completely. And I think, you know, even a more experienced doula, like you start to understand things clinically just because you're constantly in that space, but you still don't have to do anything with that information. Yeah, that's the difference. I will, and legally, so here's me speaking to all the midwives who want to be doulas. My understanding is, and this is all a bit grey, but you might know a bit more, Lou, as well, if you've looked into it, is that even if you're deregistered, if you've got skills as a midwife, there's still some kind of expectation on you. To do something? Well, to do something, like, is it? You think about yourself in certain situations, like if you were out of birth as a doula, having deregistered yourself, and you see that there's something wrong that you know how to fix, and you don't do it, that's, yeah. what's that? Yeah. Ooh, tricky. Yeah. I know, I'm a, I'm a doula, but I do have Cinto in the car, if needed. You know, like, where's the line? Well, and as a doula, you, you, doulas don't give Cinto injections. That's right. That's but exactly midwives, right. Midwives That's do. right. And in that scenario you just mentioned, like, I'm here as your doula, but I've got Cinto in the car. Mm. And if the woman... Or, I, or, I, or I've got a Doppler, you know, like all of those things that... Yeah, but if the woman's bleeding and you don't use the Cinto, then you're, you've are you not been... You've been negligent as a midwife. Yeah. Super great. And I know in South Australia there was a lot of issues around this and they've put particular laws in around unregulated birth workers in South Australia, in Australia, here in Australia. Yeah. Oh, just a word of caution is, is what I would be offering to midwives who were thinking they could also work as doulas. For you, having worked as a doula and now as a midwife, there's a clear difference. I would find it really hard. You can't go back. You can't unknow what you know. And I knew a lot as a doula and obviously, you know, felt very confident in that space. But I know a whole lot more now with working with more women and working as a midwife. I don't have any more questions, Lou, but is there something you feel like we should talk about? If we can just do that first bit when I was still a little bit nervous about what a doula is. Yeah. Can we do that again at the end and put it in front? Yeah, I could do both. I could put both in. We can talk about what a doula is at the front and then we can talk about it again. Okay, great. Okay, now that you, you feel like, you know, like actually I'm feeling a bit more bold now. I'd like to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not quite so like. <laughs> We're relaxed into it. It's all. Relaxed in. 
We've relaxed in. So, Lou, a big part of midwifery training is is how we go in with our ready, set philosophy about what birth is and our understandings of what birth is. Some people go into midwifery having never seen a birth, having never had kids of their own and having only the understanding of birth as scary and, and medical, and that's how they start their training. But that wasn't the situation for you. You'd been going to births for 12 years. What did you see in that 12 years as a doula that then shaped how you entered into your midwifery journey. Yeah, so it was a it was really different for me, I guess, because I had experienced my own home births and then had supported friends to home births. So I had seen like this incredible relationships between the women and their midwives, as well as my own relationship with my midwife. And I sort of, that became the norm for me. That was what, like it was normal. And I didn't realize until I became a doula, sort of how fragmented it was. And so then working as a doula, you know, with all of these women who really, really were trying to achieve births without intervention, I saw so much normal birth. I saw so many women birth in the water. I saw, you know, women in all different positions to birth their babies. And then I saw things go really differently to what the woman had planned. So I guess my resilience was really high before I went into midwifery. But I feel like then going in as a student, and, you know, at the beginning when you're a student, you don't have much, you sort of sit back in the corner and you're not really involved. And then obviously by the third year, you feel like you can really sort of be more involved in the experience. But my logbook, for uni, we had to catch 30 babies and we had to document all of the birth experiences that we were at. And the majority of them were women in a semi-recumbent position. So for me, it was a bit of a shock because I'd just seen all these incredible births as a doula and before I became a doula. So that was a bit of an eye-opener for me of the exposure that the other students were potentially getting if they hadn't seen any normal birth before. It's not a great way to start your midwifery career, really. I remember a woman saying to me at uni, what do I do, Lou? I've never been in a birth space before. And I just said, be quiet and be kind. And she came out and she said, I did that. I just did that for the day. But it's a bit, a bit sad when if you are not seeing normal birth or you don't get that opportunity during your degree even, to see normal birth, that that's the start of how you're working as a midwife. And I do believe that being a doula is a perfect prerequisite for midwifery because you get to just sit in the space and hold space for women. You know, just be in that space for often long periods of time. Watch women make different choices to you. Let go of your ego. Not everyone has to birth the way we think they should, but everyone deserves the support. So it's a really great way to go into midwifery. And you were saying before, the most the most we'll ever learn about birth is by watching women. Yeah. So you, were you were learning about birth for 12 years before you had to take some responsibility over things in, in a woman's birth space. What do you think is happening then for the midwives who haven't had the benefit of learning for 12 years about birth and about normal birth? Yeah. What are they, what are they teaching midwives in hospital that's going to change the birth culture? Or do you feel like we're just perpetuating what's been seen and done in the hospital by what's been happening at uni? I think we can change. I do, but I do, I have faith, Mel, that we can change this birth culture. (laughs) 
<laughs> one birth at a time. <laughs> I love the advice you gave about just being a doula before being a doula is a great precursor to being a midwife. Yeah. It's almost like the old, the, the meth, you know, the training that midwives would have had before going to university is just on the job, watching, learning from experienced midwives. And, and before it moved into hospital, you know, culturally and tra- traditionally, you would be trained up for your whole life to be working as the village midwife by the previous village midwife who'd been doing it her whole life. So, of doulering feels like the the pre-training. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And just learning to sit on your hands and just be in the space. You know, I don't get to do that the same way anymore. It was an amazing opportunity of learning. Amazing. And also the other thing we didn't mention is that you can be a, just a postnatal doula too. There's some women in a position where they think, oh, I can't be on call for births. Yeah. But there's a lot that can be learnt about how to care for women in the postnatal period because you're going to get an understanding of what their birth was like and see the impact of that. And I think the thing is we put a lot of attention on the birth like that day and how things will unfold on that day and all of the things that you want to put in place for the birth of your baby. But the reality is, is that's the beginning. Mm -hmm. So obviously if we can get that part right and women feel supported in that space, then they're going into their postnatal period feeling, you know, like they can do anything and that they feel strong. But certainly the postnatal doulas are doing amazing work with that sort of continued care for women over that period because, you know, it does take a village and we don't have that anymore. So having someone come in and reassure you and we can talk about all the things, sleep deprivation, you know, breastfeeding, all of the things, but really until you're doing it and until you're in it, I don't think we can ever have any idea of how that's going to look. So that postnatal support is amazing. And there's, you know, postnatal doulas around offering amazing healthy meals and nourishing meals for women. Yes. And we advocate for if anybody needs to go into hospital or have their babies, take a doula with you, invest invest the money. You will not regret investing money in extra birth support and doula care. You can't put a value on it, on the quality of what you'll get. Absolutely. Everyone deserves a doula. Now, Lou, now that we're at this end, is there anything more you want to tell me about the role of doulas? Okay. So the role of a doula, you know, obviously to provide emotional and physical support to the woman, you're also providing support to the partner. So I feel like sometimes like the partners might be a bit reluctant to have a doula because they say, but I can do that for you. Like I can do all of those things. So I would always say I'm coming in to be part of the team. I'm not coming in to take over the role of the partner. So you're there to like support them as a couple as well. And just, you know, just really work like flowing in between because often there can be two people supporting someone having a baby at the same time doing completely different things. So, you know, the person needs to be massaged and also having sips of water or the bath refilled. And so there's always like lots of things to do. I always talk about trying to create a space where the partners can actually connect together as well and that we can sort of protect that space for them. It's really about just providing that space so that they can feel safe together as well. And I I often found at the end it was the it was the partners who flew the doula flag. It's like, yes, get a doula. <laughs> well, I've even seen it work, like the doula's around and just kind of tidying up a few things over there. And then the partner thinks, oh, gosh, I really need to go to the toilet. Yeah. 
and off they go or eat something or have their morning coffee or feed the animals or whatever it is that needs to air to the phone and then you just see the doula kind of slink in there and take the woman's hand from where the husband or the partner had been holding and she's not experienced a gap in care because he's gone off to look after himself and the doula's like oh I can see that the woman could use with a handhold because that's what he was doing or uh, you know massaging or passing her a cup of water you know doing whatever the partner was doing while you know while they go and do a wee and have a coffee and so I see the roles as interchangeable Absolutely. It's not about who's going to do what. The only question we should ask is, are the women's the woman's needs being met? Absolutely. That's all. Yeah. That's all it's about. Yes. I did have one more question. Oh, yeah. Here's my question. What would a bad doula do? Ah. <laughs> okay. So, look, I guess the thing about being a doula is that it's quite isolated work when you're sitting by a birth pool at 2 a.m. So, and we all obviously don't really get to see each other work but I think what would a bad doula do I think you know like if you were not being not being available to the woman so like once you're in the space be in the space organize whatever you need to organize so that you can be fully present don't make it about you so if the woman's making different choices to you so that would be that would be bad let go of your ego that would be bad that would be yeah that would be bad doing if you don't let go of your ego (laughs) <laughs> and, and then I think going, don't go in to the hospital thinking you've got a fight on your hands. Go in with an open heart, work with the woman and really do your best to work well with the staff that are caring for her. She's chosen to birth in that environment. And I think that's a really big reminder too, is that women are choosing where to birth their babies. So if women are choosing to birth in a hospital, a tertiary hospital that has a high intervention rate, then that's her choice. So then all we can do is do our best to support her to get the outcome that she wants. It took me a long time to get to that place. I had many a time crying in a car park, Mel, at 2am, <laughs> calling a girlfriend who was on call, <laughs> telling her my woes of, of the of the evening but you know it's really just being able to go and also not be responsible we're not as doulas we're not responsible for the outcome you know I I felt responsible for every woman who had a birth experience that wasn't what she wanted I think that took about I don't know a good couple of years before I could really go I'm not responsible for all of the things that happen all I can do is my best to make sure that this woman feels safe and respected during the birth of her baby and then I was free (laughs) (laughs) the burden is lifted that's right that's right we do the same as midwives we want to rescue every single woman from the system but what we then do is we give we try and give all women the type of care we would want to have from our philosophy but actually what you've got to do is give women the care that they want to receive absolutely well let's do five minute wrap up here's what I've taken home so far is that oh gosh I had a list in my head I was like right take home message take two take two for breakfast take home messages every woman should take a doula with them to hospital there can still be a role for doulas at a home birth but it's most definitely different to what the role would be at a hospital birth what else what else have a doula get a doula doula. just get a doula so we know that 
there's a lot of women who are going in and they don't know who will be caring from, for them on the day that they're having their baby. So they may get a midwife whose philosophy aligns and they may not. So having a doula with you, you know you've got someone in your corner. You know you've got someone who really understands what you're hoping for in the birth and, and knows you, has a relationship with you. Yeah, absolutely. And there's good evidence for doula support. It would be an evidence-based strategy to have a doula with you at your birth. Very good. Woo. Well summed up, Mel. Oh, there you go. Five minute wrap up. I think <laughs> I think we've got it, Lou. I think Definitely we've got it too. Amazing. And I love that you said you can go from being a doula to a midwife, but you can't go from being a midwife to a doula on so many levels. Agreed. Agreed. Well, that's it for episode 16. We've been speaking all about doulas with Lucretia from Birth Insight. If you have a look on Instagram at Birth Insight, you'll meet Lucretia. And as usual, if you want any of the resources that we've spoken about on this week's episode, get on the mailing list. And we'll see you in the next episode of The Great Birth Rebellion. That was fun. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) Thanks for listening with us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favourite podcast platform and join our mailing list at melaniethemidwife.com. Mel sends out weekly emails with access to all the evidence we use in this podcast. You can find out more about Mel at melaniethemidwife.com and find out more about me, B, at coreandfloor.com.au. We can't wait to bring you next week's episode of The Great Birth Rebellion. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs>